Hey everyone, it's JC. Are you ready for episode seven? <laughs> I have to say, okay, listen, we are going even deeper today. We're going to talk about some even harder stuff. I, I mean, I guess you could call it harder. It is deep. We're going deep. We're leaving no stone unturned. I hope you're okay. Like, just take a deep breath. It's okay. Let's not go into shame or judgment. This is stuff we need to know in ourselves. But it's going to be a little tough to look at. Sometimes when you go, oh man, I totally do that. Don't let it become an issue of heaviness or shame. Let's just look at the dead wood happening underneath underneath the surface, deep in our hearts, because we want it out, right? Let's go into this with the right perspective. Can you tell I'm a little nervous? Because I'm like, again, I just feel like every episode, I'm just throwing more at you and throwing more at you. Whereas, you know, in my life, these different topics span years to work through and process. So don't let it be overwhelming. But we are going to go there. I hope you'll just Buckle up, like I keep saying, let's do it. Last time we talked about hiding, ins and outs of hiding in the trees, hiding from the presence of the Lord. Now, if you remember, I started off, the, I introduced the idea of hiding with Christ's example of the Pharisees. Like, you know, with their lips, they honor me and they draw near to me, but their hearts are far from me. And so we did talk about ways in the last episode that our hearts can just bail and take off into all these different escapes. But I think sometimes we go, okay, yeah, I know I do some of that stuff, but at least sometimes I'm not in hiding. I am in church. I am doing the religious thing. I am praying. I am. It's okay. I'm not so bad. I may use some escapes sometimes, but You know, I'm not a prodigal. I haven't taken off completely. I'm not (laughs) bailing completely. I, I am doing some of those spiritual things and I feel kind of better about it. Well, let's obliterate that, shall we? Let's look at that and just make sure that it is true. Because here's where we're going today. We are going to look at religious hiding religious hiding, not hiding in our TV or phone or food or escapes, shopping, whatever, Amazon, whatever. Religious hiding. Yes, we may feel more comfortable that we do have some religious practices and we think, okay, I don't hide when I do that. But is it possible, like the Pharisees, to even go through our religious life on the outside, doing all the right stuff, And our heart is still in hiding. Not just when we're on our phone, but when we're doing the religious stuff. That's what we're going to talk about today. Can you see how crucial that would be? I mean, you think about it with the Pharisees. Christ encountered a lot of sinful people, but his wrath fell on them. We've talked about that before. So if we're doing this, if we are... Our lives are remotely resembling the Pharisees. We need to know, right? We don't want that wrath. We don't want the same reaction that he gave to them. So we've got to look at our religious lives. And I believe that it's possible that sometimes we have gone into hiding. Okay, to start off, let's talk about just some of the obvious examples. And then, like like I keep saying, we'll go even deeper. And then we'll go even deeper. But let's start with the obvious. 
and look at some of our basic religious practices and ask ourselves, what would it look like for me to go through that religious practice, but like the Pharisees, have my heart far from him, have my heart away in hiding, even though on the outside I'm doing the right thing. Let's look at prayer to start with. Look at prayer. My mouth could be saying all the right stuff. But where is my heart during the times that I'm praying? Um, Have you ever knelt down for like a family prayer where someone else is voicing it and they close the prayer and you open your eyes and like, oh my gosh, I didn't hear a word they said. Like your heart was, you were just gone. You were mulling over your to-do list. You were like distracted thinking of other stuff. You were kneeling. Your arms may have been folded, your eyes closed in prayer mode, but you didn't hear a word. You weren't even part of the prayer. Can you see how outwardly doing the right religious stuff, inwardly, totally off in hiding, gone, escaping, whatever, just not engaged? Could it be that you, your own prayers, you bow down and you say all the rote phrases. Heavenly Father, bless me this. Help me this. Help me this. Da, 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 da. It's the same phrases. Keep us safe. I mean, again, we've got to begin learning to pray. And sometimes that involves some rote phrases. But by the time we're adults, like our hearts should be in it, right? Our, our heart should be involved. Am I just going through a bunch of phrases? Or am I falling down, saying a bunch of stuff, pouring out my heart to God, and then getting up and leaving and never letting him have a chance to speak? In other words, I'm off, I'm off on my, I'm saying a prayer, but I'm not listening. I'm not connected to his presence. I'm not with him. I'm off. My heart's just checked out. I'm doing the thing. But my heart is far removed from Christ in that moment. That's the question we're asking. How can I go through religious practice, even these wonderful religious disciplines, but my heart is far removed from him? Okay, how about reading the scriptures? Have you ever had a chapter where you're like, that is the third time I read that verse and I still have, I'm just, my heart's not in it. I'm so distracted. Or the minute your phone buzzes, you're like, oh, sweet. Okay. (laughs) You're just not, the words are meaningless. They're just dry. You just aren't in, they're just concepts, but nothing is alive. Nothing. And we're not using those words to connect us with him, to see him speaking to us through the pages. We're just reading a story in the verse, just so that we can say that we did. So we can feel good about ourselves that we're a good person because we read our scriptures today. Can you see how important the motivation behind this is where we can do it on the outside, but our heart is off in hiding? Okay, one of the biggest ones, sitting in church. Our body's in the right place. We had the right intention, I guess, to get up, get in our car, go to church that day. Well, can we even say that? What was my intention to go to church? Is it because if I stop going, people ask me, you know, I'm trying to save face? I, because that's what a good person does. Am I doing it out of pressure from family members? (laughs) Or am I there because I want to worship because I'm seeking the Lord? What's the intent? Is my heart far from moved, far removed from this practice? Often hiding the whole time I'm going? Or am I engaged? Am I there? Am I sitting there, but I'm not listening? I'm not hearing? Am I checking my phone? Am I scrolling? Am I p- How many times I've seen people playing games on their phones at church? I mean, granted, I've checked my phone at church. I have. I'm not judging others because I've done it too. I've texted people in the middle of 
How often are you just checked out? In my denomination, we practice the ordinance of the sacrament every Sunday. And there's been so many times where I'm like, I, I am finished with it. And later I just think, ah, I stuck that bread in my mouth. I drank that drink of water. I did not think of him at all the entire time. Granted, I've had years where children, I was caring for children in the meeting, and that's different. I'm not talking about that. If you have a legitimate reason, I had a lot of years of that where I was taking care of kids and I was like, I don't even hear any of that. But that's different than just being able to sit there and having the opportunity to ponder the beauty of that sacrament and draw close to him in that moment and you're checked out. Okay, I think you get the idea of what it means to hide even in our religious life. And the reason I'm going there in this episode is because I think this is an even more dangerous form of hiding because it's so deceptive because we're doing the thing with the outward, the outward self is doing the right thing. And so we delude ourselves and like, I'm a good person. I go to church. I read my scriptures. I say my prayers. I da, 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 da. And it's so dangerous because then we think, no, no, I'm not hiding. I'm not hiding. I'm in church. But we don't realize underneath the surface, boom, heart is just checked out. And see, the Lord called the Pharisees out on that very thing. In Matthew 23, in verse 27, he's like, listen, (laughs) you're hypocrites. You're like whited sepulchers, which are beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of dead man's bones. There's sin in you, uncleanness in you. And all you care about is that you're doing the right thing on the outside. More dangerous. Because if I'm hiding in some escape, I know I'm doing it. But if I'm hiding in my religious life, more deceptive, more dangerous. Because I think I'm doing okay. Because I went to church today. In fact, it dawned on me. It's like we're hiding right in the middle of our religious culture. Right in the middle of it. I mean, guys... We can wear the jewelry, speak the language, attend every activity, quote every verse backwards and forwards, pray like an expert. That's who the Pharisees were. They were the best of the best. They did it all. They were always in the synagogue. But if we don't know him, if her heart is far from him, we are off in hiding. Just like he said to them, your lips are honoring me, but your heart is far from me. And man, we have to be careful cannot pat ourselves on the back for our religious activity if we look under the hood and go, you know what? My heart's not in it at all. At all. See what I mean by going deeper? Gotta have the courage to look at our motivations. I mean, I do not want his wrath (laughs) that the way that he poured it out on the Pharisees. I don't want to be a Pharisee. I've got to assess how often my religious life is starting to head in that direction where my heart is in hiding. I've got to see it for what it is and let him help me repent. Let him help me repent. Okay, before the time goes too quick, I want to go to one more layer on this that, guys, I have been immersed in this for days. I have been mulling over this for days, like deep in it, to where I've even reworked my manuscript on some things that have come out. I want to talk specifically about the religious practice of service, serving others. And how we can hide even in this ultimate thing of helping other people. And as good as that is and as wonderful as it is to serve God. 
how that specifically can become a hiding place and we don't even realize it. I've been thinking about this a lot because it's kind of become, I don't, I don't know if what denomination you're a part of, but in mine, it's kind of become a buzzword. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but so much about service, 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 messages, memes, quotes, lessons, handouts, serve, serve, lose your life in the service of others, serve other people. And yes, absolutely. Please don't get me wrong. Serving others is a key element of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's how we care for the sick and afflicted. That is how we lift up those that need it. It is absolutely important. But we're going to read a scripture passage, and I apologize, I've used it before. I think it was in season two, Um, so it'll be a repeat for a lot of you, but I don't, it has to go right here. It just has to, because then we're going to see our service. Maybe, maybe we just think, oh, any service is good service. Just throw yourself into service. This, this passage made me go, wait a second, wait a second. This comes from Matthew 7. It's the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And Christ says, flat out, here we go. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. We have been serving and serving and serving. Three times they say, in your name. We've done these things in your name. They are not the wicked ones. They're not off murdering and (laughs) slandering and and sleeping around. You know, these are the church people. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, look at all the service we've done. In your name, we've prophesied. In your name, we've cast out devils. Done many wonderful works. But he does not respond to them the way we think he will. Not at all. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. He calls all those wonderful works, all that service, he calls it iniquity. He does not say thank you for trying. He does not say I appreciate your efforts as misguided as they were. He says out out, depart. That was iniquity. You never knew. Well, he says, I never knew you, which implies you never knew me. Out. You're not part of my kingdom. In other words, yes, you were running around doing all this crazy, busy service in my name, but you never came to me to ask what I wanted you to do. You ran off to, according to your own agenda, you had your own reasons for all this service. You were not my servant. You were just You were just off on your own in hiding, right? Serving according to the way that best fit your life. And so you're, you're, no, you're not part of my kingdom. I'm sorry. This just rattles me because we're so quick to go in denial, right? We're so quick to go, no, but that's not me. I don't serve like that. I have good intent. Let's talk just for a few minutes about how we can pour ourselves into service specifically while our hearts are in hiding, while our hearts are being motivated by all kinds of different reasons other than being close to Christ and it coming as a result of him prompting us to serve. Oh no, we have all kinds of other agendas. 
I mean, I think we talked in the fig leaf episodes about how we can use service as a fig leaf apron to create this false identity and build our self-esteem. Everyone looks up to us. We win their approval. I mean, that's an example, right? If all my service is driven by that quietly underneath the service, my heart is often hiding. I'm not serving. It's far removed from him. What if I'm planning that, that activity or this thing? Because I saw it on Pinterest. I just thought it was so cute. So, oh, my neighbor did that. Let's do that with our young women. Let's do that with our con- congregation. I never came and asked him what stewardship, he, what he, his vision for my leadership needed to look like. I just started running off on my own into all these hours and hours and hours of service to put this together. But it was my own idea. It had nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him. You see where I'm going with this? We talked about the fig leaf, fig leaf apron of people pleasing. What if you're serving just because you're wrapped so tight in the apron of people pleasing, you don't know how to say no. And it has nothing to do with the Lord. You're just stuck in this dynamic. And so you think, well, I have to say yes. That's what a Christ-like person would do. No, it's, we talked about that. Um, what if we're serving so we can post it on social media? Cause we love all the comments that we get and how everybody, I'm not saying it consciously. I just deep inside, I just really like the love I get and the admiration I get when I post that kind of stuff about all my service. Cause I'm so awesome. <laughs> this is so dangerous. Okay. Let's go. Let's go into even some more like disturbing motivations. What if we're calling it service, but honestly, we are just meddling in a situation that the Lord absolutely says we have no business being involved in, but we just want to get in the middle of it. Oh no, I need to go help. I need to be in the middle. And we are just the ward meddler or the congregational meddler. (laughs) What if he, if we asked him and actually got on our knees and asked him before we did that service, what what if he would say, oh no, 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 you stay out of that. But, oh, but I'm doing service. Guys, this can be so dangerous, so deceitful, because on the outside, it just looks like we're helping. This actually goes into the whole area of codependency. I don't have time to go into that, but man, um, that gets to the point. Codependency can even get to the point where we're serving to subtly control or manipulate other people to do our will, but you're pouring out all this service, but it's so that I can buy your obligation to me. I mean, it can go deep. That can be a whole different episode. We won't do that. I, I just think we've got to be so careful that we don't pat ourselves on the back, that we're not in hiding just because we're doing all this religious stuff. <laughs> It's easy to point our finger at the hiders saying, oh, the prodigals, those ones that are off in the ditch, they're the ones in hiding. They're the ones that have run off into the trees and run away from God. I have not run away from God, but my my heart isn't in it. I have all kinds of false motivations when I serve, but I've never even let him near those things to let him call me to repentance because I'm so sure that what I'm doing is right. Just think about it for a minute. Let me offer a quote from Oswald Chambers. I love him. Love him. Um, My utmost for his highest. Listen to his perspective. He lived in the early 20th century, way back. um, Turn of the century. I think he 
was born in like 1870 something. I looked that up the other day. So insightful. He says the great enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ today is the idea of practical work service that has no basis in the New Testament, but comes from the systems of the world. Listen to this part. This work insists upon endless energy and activities, but no private life with God. Is my service just about endless energy and activities and throwing myself in? Oh, but I have to make dinner for the neighbors and I have to all this endless activity, but I don't have a private life with God. I'm not taking my cues to serve from him. I'm like the people in Matthew 7. Oh, look at all these wonderful works I'm doing. And he would look at me and say, I never knew you. What, what was all that? Where was all that coming from? Oswald continues. He says, we must get rid of the plague of the spirit of this religious age in which we live. In our Lord's life, there was none of the pressure and the rushing of tremendous activity that we regard so highly today. And a disciple is to be like his master. The central point of the kingdom of Jesus Christ is a personal relationship with him, not public usefulness to others. That's what Matthew 7 was all about. You would think it, those wonderful works that all those people did in Matthew 7 would at least earn them a little credit with him, right? I think we like to believe that. Okay, maybe I didn't have the best intentions, but at least it's going to earn a little credit. It's better than being off doing drugs. I mean, whatever we'd like to do in our little deluded minds. It's better than so many other things, all those other messed up people. I'm, again, the Pharisees got the worst wrath of all from him. We've got to flip it. The central point of the kingdom of Jesus Christ is a personal relationship with him, not public usefulness to others. Let's not make it the gospel of service. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are his servants. And sometimes he will look at his servants and say, not that one. Nope. You're overextended or no, you're not to be involved in that situation. Don't. <laughs> it, I think the more we come into him, it might change our religious life dramatically. If we can pull our hearts out of hiding and stop all this crazy serving for the wrong reasons and we just come and we just simplify and come to his feet and say, okay, from now on, I'm surrendering. All of my religious life has to be centered in, in you. You help me direct it. I've got to be, I've got to seek his presence with me as I do all those things or they are meaningless. I've just run off into hiding but it has a nice religious hue over it. And so I'm deceived that it's really not hiding, but it is. I'm telling you, guys, as I wrap this up, if you need to take a few weeks before we launch into the next episode, because I'm thinking we're probably going to wrap up hiding right here and go to the next detail. If you need a while to process this, take it. Take it. Don't rush into the next one too quick. If you need to spend some time pondering and praying and assessing where your heart is when it comes to the fig leaves, when it comes to your hiding places, don't rush this. Take some time. Let the Lord work in your heart. 
and help you see, not out of shame and beating ourselves up for how far we've run. The story shows us this is humankind's tendency to do these things. This is the way that all of us have responded to the fall. We cover ourselves up and then we run off into the trees in many different kinds of ways. So it's not about shame over that. It's about falling on our feet, on our knees before him in repentance and just saying, I'm done. I'm done clothing myself with fig leaves and I'm done hiding out. Help me see the many ways I do this and then help me see how to move past that. And and we will talk later in um, this season about how we unravel our fig leaves and how we leave our hiding places. So please, again, I've said this before, but don't feel like you have to get it fixed right now and to stop doing all of it right now. These are complex things that that sometimes take a little time to shift. That's okay. Gentleness, grace with ourselves. Just having our eyes opened it to it right now is the key. That's what these episodes are about right now. Eyes opened to the many different ways we do it. We're going to do that again with the next detail in the story. Just look at how we do these things. And then later we'll worry about how we begin to find our way back home. Thanks for being brave and joining me. These are hard things, but they're good, aren't they? They're good. It's good to see things as they really are and be able to be honest and come to Christ in a spirit of real, true humility. I love you. Thank you for joining me. Good luck. And we'll talk to you in the next episode.